Hi, and welcome to The Queers Are Watching. I'm Hannah. And I'm Sarah. And we're recording remotely because... Because we're safe. <laughs> yeah, we're we're safe and smart. Um, Sarah has a non-professional mic, so she might sound like she's, like, on the phone. Um... <laughs> Which is, Sorry, y'all. you know, this is this is what we can do now. We told you we'd be back. We told you it would be when you would least expect it. And <laughs> here we are. A year later in quarantine. So It hasn't been a full year, to be fair. It feels like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like seven years at this point, but we're doing the best we can, right? We're trying. Yeah. Like, the Hannah can see me, by the way. And the laundry behind me is not indicating that I'm doing the best I can, but that's fine. You know, I think, I, I mean, like, my laundry, like, I definitely have that much or more. It's just in a hamper, but that, like, doesn't really matter all that much. Like, it's the same yeah. shit. So. <laughs> Damn, I'm so proud of us. We're, I mean, you know, we're doing okay. But let's just jump into what we're talking about this time. What What movie did we watch? Oh my god, we watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and I'm just gonna tell you right now that I really loved it. <laughs> I'm so glad. I was worried that you wouldn't like it. Um, oh no, I loved it. Okay, good. I also loved it. <laughs> Yay! Okay. <laughs> I was worried that we were gonna have to disagree with each other on this one. No, 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 no. Um, okay, so as usual, up front, I'll give you the information. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a film from 2019. It's 120 minutes long. It's written and directed by the same person, Celine Shiama, and it stars Noemi Merlin and Adele Hanel. Um, it's set in late 18th century France. The film tells the story of an aristocrat woman and a painter commissioned to paint her portrait in secret. They form a forbidden love and learn about themselves through their rapid romance. It won the Queer Palm at Cannes, the first film directed by a woman to win ever. So that's really cool. And uh, the writer also won Best Screenplay at Cannes. It's nominated for a Golden Globe, and IMDb gives it an 8.1, which is super solid for IMDb, because they're very critical there. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 98%, with the audience at 92%. So people love this movie, and I was surprised I agree with them. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of like, I was kind of surprised because I watched the movie before I looked up any reviews or anything because I just wanted to like watch it fresh and I was very surprised when I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score because I thought like like there were times where I was watching it and I was like I can see that people might feel that this is boring even if I don't feel that it's boring I can see that other people would be like there's not enough dialogue there's not enough happening I'm really bored so I thought people might be like boo but no. Yeah, I get, I feel that. Yeah. I was that's why I was worried about you too because it was <laughs> kind of slow at times and I know that at least for TV shows you tend to not like super slow stuff like that, but I think yeah. something about this was different. Yeah, I mean I there are some things that are slow that I enjoy and I think if it's picturesque then I like it. So like that's why I like Brokeback Mountain because it's so pretty. But it's very slow. <laughs> yeah, this was this was very pretty. Ugh, I loved it. I just want to like take some of the scenes and like frame them and put them on my wall. They're so pretty. You, you can make and a so p- tragic. make a Pinterest board. That's your favorite activity. So. 
It is. I should do that. Like, note to self, Pinterest board. Yeah. Aesthetic. <laughs> Everyone's like, wow, they're like 40-year-old ladies. You are a little bit on the inside, but. All right. So what should we talk about? There's so much to talk about. Like, I have notes. I said I wasn't going to take notes, and I took notes. I mean, I guess something to say right up front is that there were hardly any men in this movie. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> like, we should have one of those soundboards with, like, the clapping. <laughs> All of our male listeners are upset right now. All um, one of them. Yeah, it's just Tyler. I don't think he would be that upset. He'd be like, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to talk about the Bechdel test, which is, like, a pretty low bar when you think about it, but also, like, hardly anything passes it. Like, this passes it with flying colors. Like, it's true. Nobody's, like, men are, they don't exist. Like, the only man that exists <laughs> is, like, this dude that this chick's supposed to marry, and she's like, ugh, I don't want to. Yeah. And they're like, let's talk about something else. <laughs> and I'm like, good for you. Talk about something else. What an easy way to change the subject. <laughs> Um, this is a French film, by the way, y'all. So it has subtitles. So I know some people, no matter how cultured you are, don't really have the time to read subtitles. So I really had to put everything down and watch this. And usually, like, I have to do something while I watch a movie, but I could not do that with this. Because so, I don't speak French. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I think this would be a good film for someone that, like, is kind of on the fence about watching movies with subtitles because there's hardly any dialogue yeah so like you can just like chill and watch it and then when in the few moments when they're actually talking pay attention to the subtitles but it's not like parasite parasite which is a movie that i loved by the way i loved it too the dialogue was so fast it was rapid fire you had to read really fast i'm glad i'm a fast reader because otherwise i wouldn't have been able to catch all the dialogue yeah it went very fast it was very witty yeah so like you didn't even have time to process like what was going on you were like oh that was great oh no uh uh (laughs) Yeah, so this is very much on the other end of the spectrum from that, where the dialogue is very few and far between, and that makes it even more meaningful, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like everything they said to each other was heavy. I love anything with a slow burn and just watching them like constantly like flirt with each other, knowing that something's going on. I wanted them to just be like, are you gay? (laughs) Just ask me. (laughs) And like now, now we have the, the joke like on TikTok at least, or like on the internet of like, (laughs) is she, you know, and then like Vivaldi's four seasons plays because that's (laughs) the joke, I guess. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Um, It makes the most sense to me. (laughs) Something else about this movie that a lot of uh, reviewers were pointing out um, was, like, the lack of music overall. The only songs that you hear are that really creepy acapella <laughs> moment around the That floor. was so upsetting. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Are we turning into The Witch right now? Like, I thought it was, like, midsummer. I was like, what did they get themselves into? I was afraid. Yeah. Um, but I guess that was, like... You know, those are like the women that are that are hanging out and doing things they're not supposed to be doing. And one of those things is creating music. And that's what a lot of the reviewers were saying was that clearly music was like something that was kind of um, 
not necessarily forbidden, but kind of like held away out of reach and they had mm-hmm. to like go find it themselves, um, which is partially why there wasn't a lot of background music in the movie. And I forget which reviewer it was, but one of the reviews that I read pointed out that it made the movie feel more genuine that you weren't they weren't trying to pull on your heartstrings with like you know really sad music when they were saying goodbye little violins it's just silent (laughs) and that that like means more and it's more real I think yeah I think it gave the music that they did use as like a plot device more meaning so that you would know that her life was filled with nothing before this and that ultimately like she had to choose between like being a free person and being an adult not under her mother's thumb in an isolated place with just women which is which is again why they didn't have music there yeah or living her free life loving women like she did and she she says that she didn't have to make a conscious choice but she did (laughs) yeah but at the same time like back then like what are you gonna do i mean live on the street but (laughs) (laughs) i think a lot of reviewers also talked about like one of the most obvious things in the movie like which at times i feel could have been a little heavy-handed um but the constant presence of men even though there were no men like Mm -hmm. it was very like that's what the whole film revolves around is that this woman is supposed to marry this guy that she's never met they don't know anything about him other than he's Italian. That's pretty much it. He's from Milan. And then like <laughs> one one scene that I thought was really interesting was the scene where um, Marianne is sitting with um, Eloise's mother in like the sitting room and they're kind of like talking and getting to know each other and talking about the painting situation. And it's revealed that Marianne's father, who's also a painter, had painted the portrait of Eloise's mom that's hanging on the wall. And she Mm -hmm. says, it arrived before I even got here. When I came, it was waiting for me on the wall. And it was kind of like a little bit heavy handed, but like, oh, like expectations for women are already there. They're already hanging on the wall before you Mm -hmm. even entered the space or the situation. Yeah, a lot of the metaphors were very heavy-handed in the film, but I think it's fine. They're very visual, I think. And we're metaphor sluts, so what can you do? (laughs) That's true. We have a whole episode about it. Yeah. (laughs) There must have been, like, a ton of historical research done because, like, the costuming looked very realistic. Like, it wasn't, like, everyone looked like Marie Antoinette, like, which I think is annoying when everything looks really, like, gaudy. It was much more realistic than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I like how everyone only has, like, one dress. Yeah. Like, that's more realistic, I think. Even though, like, they had a lot of money. Oh, I guess they didn't have too much money, because they were like, some of you have to go to a convent. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, I mean, they had a big-ass house, regardless. True. And a servant. But, I don't know. I don't know how common that was. Like, I don't know if that was, like, middle class, or what the deal was, but... (laughs) I really don't know, but it seemed kind of like they didn't have a lot of possessions, which was interesting to me. Like, the rooms were mostly empty, and I couldn't figure out if that was, like, their summer house, or, like, that's just kind of how they lived their life. And it it really did seem like the mom was desperate to marry off Eloise. So, like, 
maybe that was her trying to be like, we're pretty much not going to be rich anymore. And she has to go live a different life. Yeah, I couldn't decide if that was like the situation of her life or if it was just like supposed to be the metaphor for her life being like empty and blank. Mm-hmm. because even even in the kitchen which i found interesting like they spent a lot of time in the kitchen like by the hearth and there was like nothing in there like there's a table yes and that's it <laughs> um one of the best things i found about the lack of men in the movie is that um the servant sophie when she doesn't want to have her child they never ever introduce the man that impregnated her they don't talk about him they don't show him like He's just not a thought. She's just like, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. And like, when, even when they're talking about it, they don't even talk about like, oh, I met this guy and this happened. Like, no, she's just like, well, haven't had my period for a while. Got to take care of that. Yeah. And she's like, do you want a kid? And she's like, nah. And she's like, all right. Like, So two lesbians take a straight girl to get an abortion. <laughs> and then they paint it. it was, that was weird. <laughs> It was a little weird, but I but I thought about it afterwards and I was like, okay, like they're like painting is a way for them to document the truth Mm -hmm. instead of just using it as a tool to document a woman's beauty to be married off to someone like they're like, no, we're going to use this as a way to document what happened and what happens all the time with women like this was obviously like a common occurrence and that old lady in the hut in the woods (laughs) was out here doing abortions for everybody. Yeah, she knew exactly how to do it. She had a little apprentice, and she had a ton of kids. Yeah, It was very upsetting to see someone get an abortion while holding a baby's hand. <laughs> yeah, one of the reviews I read was like, at first glance, that might seem kind of like heavy-handed on like the juxtaposition, but at the same time, she's on the bed. Where else is she going to be? And where else is the baby going to be? Like, on the bed. Mm-hmm. So, it made sense. <laughs> Especially at that time. It's not like you can go put your kid in another room. Like, there is no other room. (laughs) Yeah. You're not dropping your kid off at the babysitter's. And if anyone, that lady would be the babysitter. So Yeah, true. The four-year-old is the babysitter. Dogs without horses. (laughs) For anyone that likes John Mulaney. (laughs) Which should be everyone, by the way. Just a quick aside. I mean, people that listen to us, I'm pretty sure. If you guys don't like John Mulaney, just, like, close it right now. I mean, don't go, but. (laughs) There are two (laughs) kinds of people. (laughs) Um, I have to go back to the singing Mm -hmm. at the bonfire. That was very upsetting. (laughs) I was so, it was jarring. Like, I was just chilling, and I was like, what is that? I was, like, looking around. Like, my TV has surround sound, so I was like, ah, um, for context, they were like a bunch of women were chilling at this bonfire. Um, and then all of a sudden you hear like this very cacophonous humming, buzzing kind of sound. And they're all humming and it's like crescendoing and they're all like kind of going up in pitch and it's very creepy. So, so creepy. I was like, what's happening? Like they're definitely going to like start doing witchcraft. And I legit thought they were. But then they, like, go into, like, a little song, and they're, like, clapping and stomping, and it's, like, they're having fun. They're making music, but it was very creepy at first, especially because the whole movie is quiet. 
And like, it didn't help that like I had my window open and like a car had driven by and it was really loud right when they started. And I was like, what is that? I thought about warning you, but I wanted you to have the experience of being like, what? What in the world? No. <laughs> well, I mean, it was an experience. I'll say that. <laughs> um. Okay. So in the beginning of the film, it's explained that Heloise's sister was supposed to be married off originally. And um, Heloise got sent to a convent. And Heloise's sister, whose name I don't remember right now, killed herself. And, like, the servant says, 100% for sure, she threw herself off a cliff. And, like, very hauntingly, she says, like, the, um, oh, my God, what is her name? Marianne. The Marianne, yeah. She asked her, um, how do you know that she, why do you think she threw herself? And she, the, Sophie says, because she didn't cry out, which is so upsetting to think that you would just throw yourself off a cliff and not, like, even if I was going to kill myself, I'd probably scream on the way down. Like, Yeah. She knew what she, she, she had made a decision and she mm-hmm. was at peace with her decision. Apparently. And she said goodbye. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like, is that her saying, like, I can't be married off as well? Or was she just a very sad person? Like, that's not really explained. Yeah, I mean, I think she was kind of just a symbol for the kind of doom and gloom surrounding the idea of, like, being married off. I mean, that's that's what it sounded like to me, but I wasn't sure if I was just, like, reading into it. Yeah, I don't know. At first I was like, is she gay too? But no, I think she was just like, you never know. I'm not down with this. <laughs> okay, what about the weird, like, drugs and armpit fucking... <laughs> <laughs> So I had heard, I, I don't even really know where I heard this from or if it was just like the, the, the sense that I had gotten from lesbian TikTok, but um, <laughs> I got the, the impression that this was going to be like a super raunchy movie with lots of sex in it. And it really wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't. They, there's like a few sexual scenes. They're not graphic. There's like some fingers in an armpit. Like that's, that's pretty much it. That's what you see. So I don't know, like, it, and it was interesting because they brought, like, drugs into that. And then there was also, like, the fact that throughout the movie, Marianne has tobacco and she smokes a pipe. Mm-hmm. And she does it, like, I I don't know. I found it funny, like, the first, in the, like, the beginning of the movie where she comes in, she's soaking wet because she had gotten thrown out the boat a couple times on her way in. <laughs> um, she takes off all her clothes and she sits naked in front of a fire and is smoking tobacco out of a pipe, which is... That's some big dick energy. It's very mask for mask. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was like some, some sort of a historical commentary at the time. Like women didn't smoke tobacco from a pipe. Like that was something that men did. Particularly like because she's a painter. Like maybe she's used to that kind of culture. And so she maybe just like engages in that masculine culture. Yeah. And and later I think it was Eloise that said, do you have any tobacco? And she said, yeah. And she pulled out her pipe and she kind of looked at it like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. That's how we're smoking. Okay. Out of my little pipe. Okay, what about the motif of Halloween constantly appearing as, like, a white ghost in a wedding dress? I was like, what is the point of this? That was kind of wild, and it reminded me of the Total Eclipse of the Heart music video. That's, like, all <laughs> I can think of. <laughs> That's very cheesy. That does cheapen it a little for me. <laughs> yeah, and some of the reviews that I saw, like, mentioned that in passing. They were kind of like, well... 
that was a little wild, but everything else yeah. was good. <laughs> like, it was very heavy-handed. Like, I get what they were going for. I even, like, I knew that it was going to be a motif, but, like, I guess, like, understanding more after they um, read the, like, legend of Orpheus and Eurydice. Not really sure how to pronounce that. Y'all can come at me later. Um, it made clear that, like, they were the legend. And, like, that was why Heloise was appearing, like, ghostly. Because she knew, like, in the end, she would have to, like, let her go. And, like, keep a memory of her. So, like, I understood the metaphor. But it was, a, it was like, a little silly to see her, like, backlit so much. She looked like an angel on a tree in, like, the 80s. Like, it was silly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very 80s vibe. Like, the way that that scene was shot. It was weird. It kind of pulled me out of it a little bit. Which is why I thought of Total Eclipse of the Heart. Because now, <laughs> now I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch that music video. I'm going to be like, there she is in her Victorian nightgown. Um, <laughs> and her billabong shirt, men's extra, extra large. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, sometimes when you're in quarantine and you're very sad, you just watch John Mulaney specials over and over. And then everything becomes a John Mulaney joke. Because we like to hyperfixate around here. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever met us, you would know that. So Leave us alone. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting, like, because there is a lot, obviously, about um, being able to see someone, being able to know someone in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, the man that had tried to paint Eloise before couldn't see her, couldn't know her. Because she wouldn't let him. She wouldn't pose. She wouldn't look at him. He couldn't capture her. And then, you know, at first, Marianne couldn't either because she wasn't going about it the right way. Um, so I get and and even in the beginning, I thought it was very interesting. Like the first time that Marianne accompanies her on a walk, like they walk out the door and you just see Eloise's back and she has a cloak and she has her hood up. So you can't see her at all. And then eventually her hood falls off and you can see her hair. And that's kind of like the defining factor. Because, of course, every gay movie has to have one blonde and one brunette. That's the rule. <laughs> yes. You have to be able to tell them apart. That's why. <laughs> yeah. But also, I'm like, there's got to be some redhead somewhere. How about some black hair? I don't know. It's just like always with the blonde and the brunette. Yeah. They have to be like uh, opposites of each other. Yeah. And I guess, like, yes, Heloise was more, like, blonde and feminine. And the painter girl was obviously more, like, butch. There was even a part where, like, after they had had sex, she, her hair was down. And often their hair is not down. And she actually had, like, short shoulder-length hair. And it was, like, kind of choppy and, like, pushed back. And I thought she looked so much like a soft butch. Like... <laughs> Like a modern soft butch. Yeah. Like she looked like a mix of like Case Sue and Emma Watson. Like yeah. she just has that look. I definitely thought she looked like Emma Watson, like throughout the movie. I think it was her eyes. It's like her eyebrows and her expression, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They both had very strong eyebrows. I was here for it. So <laughs> good for them. Yeah. I don't know if that was like a the commentary on like the historical time. Like they didn't do their eyebrows, obviously. We saw so. some pubic hair. We saw some armpit hair. I was like, they had okay, it all. This, is, <laughs> this is how it was. And <laughs> nobody was upset about it. There was no 
capitalistic need for women to buy razors. So very true. <laughs> Can you tell we don't shave around here? We definitely don't. Everyone's like, oh, I love quarantine because I don't have to shave or wear a bra. I'm like, mm, that was kind of my life before, but whatever. Been there. <laughs> but now I get to do it in bed. That's true. Oh, the scene at the end when the portrait is done and it's being nailed into the box to be taken away. By a man. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the only thing we see a man doing. And it is very jarring when she comes downstairs in the morning and that man is sitting at the kitchen table because the kitchen was like their space where they hung out the three of them and then here's a man and she's like oh hello like (laughs) i guess it's time for my life to be over now invasion invasion get him out of here (laughs) yeah and then he just like nails up the portrait in the little box and it's like the nails in their coffin nails in the coffin of their love oh no very sad yeah and it wouldn't be a film about two women in love if they didn't kiss and cry at the same time, which they did before that. (laughs) On the beach. I mean, what is queer love if not kissing while crying? (laughs) So tragic. Something that I thought was really well done was the, the tiny, short, upsetting hug that they had before they split up. Oh, Because the mom was standing in the room. And she kind of like, they did like a quick little intimate moment and then just like tore apart it was so fast and it was so like ooh, i know that like it was so sad yeah it hurt me that was you know there's so many really sad moments because i was gonna say when you brought that up this moment that really devastated me is when she talks about the last two times she saw her at the end of the movie and she says the first time is in a painting where she has a painting at like a gallery to buy and she sees the painting of her and like people are moving out of the way slowly and it's revealed that she's in a painting with a child and the child is clearly hers and it's just like so upsetting to see her like off living a different life that she knows that she didn't really want and seeing her like moved on and like having like a like a barometer of how much she's moved on because the child looks like it's like three years old yeah but like still sending her secret signals with like the little page turn (laughs) i know i was like how would you even do that do you like tell the person that's painting like listen you have to put page 28 yeah i'm assuming that that's what happened unless she added that afterward because there is a scene where the painter is showing her like how to mix paint together oh that's true yeah so maybe she was like, you have to paint me like folding the book. And then she was like adding it in before they like sent it out. <laughs> oh, when she said the second time she saw her was um, when they went to see the orchestra and they were like sitting across from each other, but they were like very far, like on opposite ends of the theater. I was like, break out those little binoculars, girl, look. <laughs> like I really wanted to look. I was so upset. And that was also a very interesting choice to like literally for the last like two minutes of the movie you're just watching her watch the orchestra and listen to the music mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell if she was like crying because she was moved by her freedom crying because like that's the song Marianne played for her or like when she first goes out on her own because Marianne is the one that convinces her mom to let her go on her own and she goes to church she goes to mass she says that 
she says that she felt the freedom that she talked about, but then she also felt her absence. And I was wondering if that's like what she was feeling in that moment. Yeah, it's kind of the the bittersweet, I think, is what it was of like, she gets to enjoy this music and she gets to be by herself in that moment. Like she wasn't accompanied by anyone, Mm -hmm. um, but she doesn't get Marianne. And like that brought up for me, like, will queer women ever get anything? Like, (laughs) are we only going to have tragic love stories? I mean, not, you know, in the 1700s, like. The reviewers kind of said, like, it would have been a little bit preposterous if they had ended up together and everything was fine. True. But then I just have to be sad watching these movies for the rest of my life. I mean, no one died. Just chill. Well, I mean, the sister died. Yeah, but I mean, like, no one in the actual story like <laughs> that we saw died. That's true. That was an off-screen death. None, neither of the lovers died, which is usually what happens. Thank God. I would have been really upset if one of them had died. And, like, poor servant Sophie, she could have died at any point, and that would have been really sad. Yeah, I was worried about her. I was real worried about her. They were trying all these, like, random things. I was like, she gonna die. Stop doing that to her. Yeah. Because, you know, when you want to have an abortion, you drink poison and, like, just hope that it kills the fetus and not you. Mm-hmm. Cross your fingers. but yeah I think like the end was supposed to be like she got some semblance of freedom because she was able to go to this performance which she wouldn't have been able to do before but she won't be seen she won't be known for her true self which is what the painting was kind of about when it was done, when Marianne finished the painting, it actually had captured something about Eloise that was not in the previous one. And she'll never be seen like that again, basically. And it's very sad. Yeah. If that were you, <laughs> what would you have done? Would you have done the same thing that Eloise did? I don't know what I would have done back then. That's the thing. Is like for me, it's all about the time period, and I think back then there was nothing to do. Like it was like it had to be that way. Yeah. Although we did see that movie, though it's based on real life. Um, oh my god, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the two girls' names. Oh, Elisa E. Marcella. Yeah. And I think it's a little after that time. It is, yeah. But. They did run away. <laughs> they did. I thought about that, but I think I think it also like had to do with her being kind of an aristocrat. Like That's probably true. Is she gonna go like live in a shack somewhere? I don't know. Hmm. I also thought it was interesting that they had that kind of fight. I wasn't even really sure what the fight was about exactly. When Eloise was like, well, are you asking me to choose not to go? I think she was saying that she was upset that Marianne was saying that basically, like, like she was saying, like, this is a choice for you. Like, you are doing this, and I don't want you to go, and it's your fault, so I'm mad at you. And Eloise was saying, like, I don't have any other choice. Like, I'm being married off. They're going to force me to go either way 
and you're making it like it's my fault and that makes me upset okay that's what I got from it I can see that the artist by the way who did all the painting is Helene Delmari and she is a painter from France um and you can follow her on Instagram so it's her full name h-e-l-e-n-e d-e-l-m-a-i-r-e she only has 73.3 thousand followers which really surprises me because she does have some of the art from the movie up i mean the paintings were beautiful they're beautiful yeah her art is really cool i'm looking at it on instagram right now as we speak and i read that she it says that she painted 16 hours every day during the course of filming yikes that's a lot (laughs) yeah so she's dedicated. <laughs> okay, so earlier we both said that we really liked it. But on a scale from 1 to 10, what is your rating? I'm going to give it like a 9. Me too, 9. <gasps> I'm sick! <laughs> Y'all. I really liked it. It was pretty. It was meaningful. It was moving. I'm waving my arms. Y'all can't see, but I'm waving my arms. I'm painting beautiful strokes of what Hannah is saying because I've never heard her rate something this high and agree with me. I think I've rated something a nine before. I don't remember what it was, but... Did we agree? (laughs) I don't. I don't know. I don't recall. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, we'll ignore the weird backlit 80s music video moments. Yeah. Um, We'll just... (laughs) You know, that was a choice. It was it, It's a taste thing that maybe we don't enjoy as much. But other than that, beautiful. <laughs> I really liked it. I don't know that I'd watch it again because it's too sad. But yeah, y'all, we were supposed to record this last night. And I was like feeling really shitty and like randomly crying for no reason. And I was like, what's going on with me? And then I realized, like, I watched this really sad movie earlier. Like, maybe it brought down my mood a little bit. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who can say? Yeah. (laughs) After I finished it, I was like, oh, that was, like, really sad. Like, really, it really brought me down. And then I was like, oh, no wonder Hannah feels really depressed right now. (laughs) Because she had texted me and told me, like, I don't think we should do this right now. We'll do it tomorrow. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. I Like, yesterday was a total mystery to me, but now I think it's a little clearer that this movie is heavy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because no one dies, it's almost like a little bit of a victory. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're fine in the end. They're maybe, you know, empty inside, but aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, you have to make the choice of, like, what is sadder for you, seeing a queer person die, or knowing that they have to live without each other and they're empty and sad and never fully seeing as human beings. I mean, which one is it? (laughs) Yeah, but as Eloise said, there's moments where you'll be consoled. Is that enough? By the memory? (laughs) No, and with music and stuff. Like, she was talking about music when she said that. Like, you'll hear music and you'll be consoled. Yeah, she was. I'm I'm not though. She was crying. She was not consoled. She was a butt. I think she was a little consoled, but <laughs> I guess that's debatable. I mean, in truth, she is living like a 
economically, physically better life than she was. So maybe she can be consoled by those types of things. But, like, Marianne ended up, like, alone. And, like, it's shown that, like, even later on, like, people don't take her seriously because she had to submit a painting in her father's name to be, like, to sell her art, to do anything. Yeah, and that dude that was like, oh, your father's such a great painter. And she was like, oh, it's actually mine. Like, I submitted it under his name. And he was like, oh. Yeah. And then he made negative commentary after that. Yeah. He was like, oh, they usually show him, like, after he's already looked or before he looks away. This one, it seems like they're saying goodbye, which was meant to be, like, she did that because that's how she said goodbye to Heloise. But, like, at the same time, he's like, mm, no one usually does this. Mm, now that I know it's a woman's painting, I know why. Like, bitch. <laughs> Fight him, girl. Fight him in the art gallery. <laughs> Like, you want to go out to where the carriages are? You'll catch these hands in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was an interesting way. It it had an interesting way of making me think about, like, this sounds so cliche and stupid, but, like, how different things are now and how even with all the enormous pressures and stressors and difficulties that queer people face, there is a lot more choice. Not that it's great choices <laughs> but it's just different <laughs> yeah it's different you more people know that they can make different choices yeah like tyler says i'm not telling you it's good i'm just telling you what happens yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because now i feel like when we watch more modern things i feel like i'm gonna be a little more critical and be like just go just leave but like i know how hard it is to leave a situation like that like it's just not as easy as everyone makes it out to be yeah for sure i think i think the the argument that they had would make a lot more sense in modern day because then it would kind of be more of a choice thing it'd be like okay this is really bad and sucky and hard but also like figure out what you want yeah but i think the resolution of the argument was not modern at all because she said like she asked for forgiveness, like, thinking, like, oh, I was wrong to put that on you. But, like, I think in this day and age, like, the argument would be, like, no, we could run away and be poor together. Like, we can do that. You don't have to be here with your wild family and, like, marry someone you don't want to marry. That would be more modern. Yeah, that's true. I think her apologizing was being, like, I'm sorry I made it about me because you're the one that has to go marry this man. And, like, that sucks more like as sad as it is like marianne still has her painting and her tobacco pipe and her ability (laughs) to travel freely and (laughs) like she can do almost whatever she wants basically for the time period so i mean true but people like she made it clear like people judge her people are not nice to her yeah but back then, small price to pay for being able to be single and just, I don't know, have a trade. and Yeah. Not have to marry a man yeah. when you're a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's never made clear what either of their sexualities are. Like, who's to say that, like, like, I think with Heloise, it's like, oh, she's a lesbian. Like, she doesn't want to marry a man. She likes being in a convent. Like. She doesn't like men, but I think with 
um, Marianne, it was more like, like, she even had said, like, like, oh, she's had sex before, and oh, she's been in love before. But, like, that's not to say that it was with a woman or not. Yeah. And And later on when she said, she says, when I said I'd known love before, I was talking about you. Mm-hmm. So who knows if she ever felt anything like that before, but. And I think it's even possible that Eloise could have liked men, like maybe to some extent, like she just was unhappy about mar- being married off to a stranger, which I think is totally reasonable for anyone of any sexual orientation. <laughs> so that's true. they never really made that clear. And I like that it wasn't like a point of contention between them or anything like Mm -hmm. nobody was arguing about that, which in modern times, it would have been all about that. It would have been like, well, you're a fence sitter. (laughs) Apparently they didn't care. Yeah. Which is great. (laughs) She's being pushed over the fence on purpose. Just let her sit there if she wants to sit there. (laughs) (laughs) Just sit. <laughs> um, do you have any recs for what have you been watching during quarantine? I haven't been watching a whole lot. Been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, as you know. Mm-hmm. Same, um, same. Uh, I don't know. I'm on like season two of Dexter because my mom finally twisted my arm and made me watch it. It's pretty bad, but it's <laughs> bad in the same way that Supernatural is bad. So I feel like I can handle it. Sometimes it's sometimes it's worse than Supernatural, to be quite honest. No, I don't think so. It's so <laughs> it's so it's so early two thousands. Like I, it hurts me. Like aesthetically, it's yeah. hideous, and I can't. <laughs> and I I often forget. Like you'll see something that you really enjoyed that was like really good for its time and then you'll go back and watch it like 10 20 years later and you'll be like what the fuck is this and i kind of forgot that about dexter because it's like it's pretty old yeah and it it reads like it reads like a parody of like i don't know csi at sometimes and like i'm i can't tell how much of it is intentional i know some of it is but some of it, I think, is just, like, bad early 2000s TV that I can't I can't love it the way that I love other stuff, you know? Like, there's a lot yeah. of really dramatic zooming in on people's faces that I can't, like, I can't take it seriously. I have to laugh. It's, like, they're trying to do it to create tension, and it's just funny. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think of the opening? Like, the opening scene? the title oh like the the beginning credits you mean yeah i mean i don't know what because there's a mosquito in it no because people really like it because it's like close-ups of things that resemble blood that are not necessarily blood and like mundane things like it makes commentary on like who dexter is and at the time people really liked it i guess i was like yeah this is pretty obvious like it's (laughs) fine it's whatever people are a little too hype about it I think honestly (laughs) and I think I think it comes down to like aesthetic taste because Mm -hmm. like 
this, I'm not saying people are right. However, I think people hold Dexter and Breaking Bad as like two of the most like important TV shows of our time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Dexter belongs there, but Breaking Bad does. Uh, I would agree. Like I like Dexter, but I don't think it's like one of the best things I've ever seen on television. And part of it is like Breaking Bad is very aesthetically pleasing and it's more subtle and Dexter is more like predictable. I'm rolling my eyes a lot. I'm saying (laughs) that would never happen a lot. So. You're going to come across a lot of that. Yeah. Like that would never happen. You'll come across a lot of that. First of all, he's supposed to be a blood spatter expert, but he's like. He does, like, all forensics. Like, that's not a thing. Like, people don't do that. Like, they're not like, you're the blood spatter expert. Here, look at this hair under a microscope. Like, no, that's not his job. That's not what he does. (laughs) Yeah. He just brought a stranger into the morgue to look at a body. He was like, come with me. Put on some gloves. But it's okay. You can lean over with with your hair out of your ponytail so your hair, like, goes over the dead body. Like, that's fine. I'm like, who's watching the bodies? <laughs> it's Miami. They don't have rules. Ay <laughs> I also, I told Sarah this over text because she's like, oh, how's Dexter? And I'm like, I hate all of these women. They're terrible. They're terribly written. I hate them. I hope that they get better, but they probably won't. If anything, they get worse. Like, Deb gets worse. Like, she's the only one that I'm, like, kind of okay with at this point, And I'm still annoyed yeah um i haven't started anything new for quarantine like i finished the bold type and i liked it um except sutton's dress was really ugly for those of you that watch the bold type for wedding dress um i'm re-watching new girl and i did not remember this at all but if everyone remembers who has watched new girl when reagan who's played by megan fox um who is nick's love interest gets introduced she first sees Cece and she remembers her from like um the MTV beach house and that they slept together and that Cece says and so does Reagan that they slept with lots of girls back then and that they still do and Reagan says oh I'm bi but Cece says like I don't care about labels or things like that and then she gets mad that like Schmidt gets really jealous of Reagan. Um, but I totally forgot CC is a bi icon. <laughs> I don't know that I got that far, maybe, or I don't remember that part. It's in like season five. Okay, so. yeah, I didn't get that far then. And I never finished The Good Place. Don't yell at me. Um, I will finish it soon. I swear to God. It's a really good, really satisfying ending. Mm, very nervous, but okay. Like, I thought I would be mad at the end, but it was a good way to end it, I think. And I never say that. I'm always mad when shows end. I'm always like, <laughs> that was stupid. Me too. So, I'm not, I'm not ready. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not ready to catch up on Supernatural. <laughs> Dude. I've been telling you to catch up on Supernatural forever. I know. And you have to do it, like now because who knows when they'll be able to like finish up post-production and bring all the rest of the episodes because i think they finished filming 
Did they not? Um, I think they already announced when they're airing the finale. Okay. Which is in, like, October or something. Ugh. Yeah. That's so over now. I'm glad I got some extra time, though. Because, like, watching the finale of Supernatural while dealing with all of this stuff, like, no thank you. I don't... <laughs> I can't handle something like that right now. Well, it's just, like, Supernatural to, like, drag it out like this, so... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this was um, not that bad. And depending on how impossible the audio quality is to stand, um, hopefully we'll do this again. And that way we can, you know, I always say this, but start podcasting on a more regular schedule. (laughs) I would love to start podcasting on a more regular schedule. Like we don't have anything else to do. So that's true. I only work like three days a week now. So it's fine. Yeah, um, I just had a wonderful four-day weekend um, for myself, but, <laughs> and I guess there's still some hours left to my four-day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> playing Animal you Crossing. <laughs> well, we hope that everyone is staying safe and staying away from other people <laughs> that mm-hmm. might have germs. And... If we can do it, y'all can do it, because we spend a lot of time together. We have seen each other. We have sat six feet away from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, We've played Guess Who. um, Celebrity style. Which was very fun. (laughs) Um, But we have not hugged. And it's... um, It's very sad. It's weighing on me. It's weighing on my soul. It's weighing on my spirit. (laughs) To see people you love and not be able to, like, physically hug them or kiss them is very, very sad. So we're all struggling right now. Yeah. Um, so we're sending you virtual hugs, which I know everyone kind of hates now because you're like, oh, thanks. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? But, um, we're sending you good positive vibes. Yeah. For once, like all of that. So (laughs) we're we're using everything we have in us to give it to you. Yeah. So, um, stay safe. Try to stay, um, not positive, but, uh, head above water um surviving um you don't have to thrive right now no one has to thrive no one has to thrive i'm gonna put that right out there it's okay if you are thriving that's fine but yeah but be alive if that's all you can do yeah we're that's where we're at so (laughs) it's going great um in the meantime remember the queers are watching bye